Welcome to Ikigai Intelligence, a podcast series at the intersection of emotional intelligence, purpose-driven change management, and strengths-based positive psychology. I'm Sam Yushio. And I'm Josina Garnum. And today we're talking a little bit about uh, the first quadrant of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. Um, and just to kind of create a baseline for our conversation, Sam, um, what is self-awareness? Uh, it's really having an ability to have an accurate sense of the emotions that we're experiencing. And what I have found is um, in my my coaching and consulting work is that um, a lot of people don't necessarily have a, a robust, uh, what I would call emotional vocabulary, right? Really kind of an accurate sense of the full range of emotions that we, we can experience. Um, and when we pay attention uh, more carefully to some of the um, physical cues that we might experience when we are having an emotion, um, that helps to bring more awareness um, to to that particular moment. And ultimately, that awareness part is, is really important to help us move into that second part of the quadrant, uh, second quadrant. Um, which is around self-management. But we'll we'll stay here at self-awareness for a little while and explore some tools there. Yeah, so right before we jumped on to this conversation, we both took a minute, took a breath, got centered, uh, and it was an opportunity to, to check in. Um, because for some reason, we can talk openly and freely, but as soon as you hit that red button that says record, or right before that, there is this little kind of tinge of of anxiety, right? Yeah. Um, uh, why don't we get into the, why is it important? So why is it important to focus on self-awareness? Yeah. Self-awareness is really that entree into um, emotional intelligence, right? It's the entree into that model. And when I say entree, it doesn't mean that once you step in that door of, you know, becoming more self-aware, well, hooray, <laughs> check that box, right? It's a constant practice. Um a, a constant um, intention and, and mindfulness to, towards the experiences or the emotions that you're experiencing, right? And so, Sam, that was a great example. Right? Maybe we notice, oh, gosh, I have a lot of mind chatter right now. Um, maybe I'm feeling a little um, queasiness in my stomach. As, and I, I can connect that that might be an experience of having of some anxiety, right? Um, there's some really amazing research that's coming out now around um, how emotions are made. Uh, there's a neuroscientist, Lisa Feldman Barrett, excuse me, Lisa Feldman Barrett, um, who's really changing um, some of the theories that have been in existence for a long time about emotions um, and suggesting that it's really a learned concept. And um, so when we begin to have awareness of that, right? And start to connect to, huh, I'm having this physiological experience. Maybe my heart is going a little faster. I notice my breathing has changed a little. That helps us to clue into the fact that we are maybe having some type of, of an emotion. Um, and then in turn, as you said, you know, we took a moment to take a breath. So that's how that self-management happens really, really hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, so much of our, well, is every, all of our behavior driven largely by our emotional state, like most of it, like emotion and cognition, right, drives behavior, but uh, oftentimes emotions are at the wheel. Totally. In fact, right? more often than maybe we'd like to recognize, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, 
the the root word for of emotions actually uh, is the same as motivate, um, imuere in Latin, and so our emotions really motivate and guide all of our actions. Um, you know, our our emotions are actually housed in uh, well, it. it it's more complex than just their housing in one particular place. And that's some of the new emotions research that's coming out. But, but ultimately a lot of um, emotions are triggered by our, our amygdala, which is a very um, kind of primitive part of our brain. Look, it's a little kind of almond shaped um, structure located at our brain stem. And that actually really governs our fight, flight, or freeze response. Um, but ultimately, you know, that response is oftentimes at the root of different emotions that we might experience. Um, so actually, you know, an important component of emotional intelligence is, again, bringing some awareness to the science of how our brains work, right? And the science of, oh, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm maybe experiencing this physiological reaction, my, my breath might be changing, or I might be noticing, again, some queasiness in my stomach, huh, that's cluing me into the fact that maybe I'm having a bit of a fear response or an anxiety response. Uh, I'm sure there's research out there some, somewhere about um, the number of emotions that are available. I've seen a graphic on, that looked like the galaxy. It's like the galaxy of emotions. And it was it like 20,000 different emotions? Is that sound sure accurate I, <laughs> um i think i uh, i think there's a full full range and and interestingly it really varies um there are some cultures have some really unique emotions that they experience um but one one resource is one resource that i would point folks to is um the work of robert pluchik and he has a wheel of emotions and when it comes to implementing some strategies to develop your self-awareness um you know, take a look at this. If you Google wheel of emotions, you'll see a wider range than maybe is part of your normal, you know, quote unquote, emotional vocabulary. And having a sense of that kind of granularity of different emotions that are um, available in the human experience, again, helps us to um, oftentimes understand what might be going on in a specific situation, might help you to reframe or rethink about a specific situation. Um, so focusing again in that that quadrant of self-awareness on developing an emotional vocabulary, paying attention to when you're having a physiological response. Um, and those can be very subtle, right? But I think about them as um, clues or little gifts uh, to let me know, okay, I need to pay attention to this and maybe give myself a little bit of a, an opportunity for choice in terms of how I want to choose to respond in a situation. Yeah. There's research that I've seen you uh, bring up before on this topic with the physiological response where it's a heat map uh, right. on the human, on a human body. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, there is a researcher whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce, <laughs> uh, but they're from uh, Northern Europe. And um, they looked at uh, the various temperatures that people experience um, when they're when they're having a certain emotion. And so, um, you know, it's quite interesting to see how someone uh, responds when they're happy. Uh, there's actually a kind of a, a warmth that occurs in the chest um, versus when someone's angry where there's maybe a warmth in the 
chest or stomach, and then also in the fists as you're literally preparing to fight. Um, Interestingly, too, when uh, an individual is experiencing sadness or depression, um, you know, their body temperature is actually quite a bit cooler. And when we look at this visual map, um, you know, they're they're literally feeling blue, right? They're, the color mm. is, is very blue. So, um, yeah, interesting, you know, science um, that, that helps to pinpoint uh, that, that importance of can taking that data and information and, and using it to be as effective as possible. Yeah. So it's a combination of leveraging physiological cues, just kind of paying attention to your physiological state. If my palms are sweaty. If I'm experiencing butterflies, um, you know, your the body holds clues to the emotional state. Uh, but then also having a, an emotional vocabulary that takes that physiological state and names the emotion or places uh, a definition on that emotion so that we can be more prepared to move into the next quadrant, which is self-management. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, the only other piece that I would say is a useful tool to continue to build that sense of self-awareness is is having some time for reflection, right? When you know that maybe you are triggered, maybe you're getting into that fight, flight, or freeze moment, um, which nowadays can happen when, you know, a difficult colleague or your boss <laughs> comes into your office or, you know, into your Zoom screen. Um <laughs> And, you know, to, to pay attention to, hmm, what was that emotion I experienced? Was, was that something that triggered an emotional state? And to be able to reflect on that so you feel better equipped to respond in the future. Um, and certainly some journaling can be, can be effective there as well uh, to just build those, build those muscles. Uh, so implementation, how can you, so we talked about what is it and we talked about why it's important. How about uh, a micro practice or some, a tool, a technique that someone can implement? Yeah. Again, I'd, you know, highlight the um, uh, emotion wheel of emotions or a mood meter perhaps. Um, and, you know, if this is something that you're really actively developing, um, try it out a couple times a day, right? Um, you know, what, or when you're preparing for, let's say, a more significant presentation or a difficult meeting or something along those lines, you know, check in with yourself. What What is that um, emotion that you're experiencing as you're preparing for, uh, you know, a pivotal or important um, conversation? And so that can also help to ground you in that that place of awareness and, and then choice. Um, you know, I think also that idea of reflection. Um, and that happens for different people in different ways, but certainly, uh, journaling or, you know, taking the time instead of just continuing to move forward after, let's say a difficult conversation, um, to actually reflect back, Hmm, you know, where are those moments that, um, I felt like I was in a place of, um, effectiveness and where are the places that maybe I'd like to rewind the tape and, and try this moment again. The mood meter is probably the best 99 cent app that has ever been created. Uh, so I definitely endorse the mood meter. Um, it comes from the Yale Center mm-hmm. for Emotional Intelligence. Yep. Uh, so you can download that app, identify where you are in terms of your emotional state, and they provide trends um, 
or they document that and you can take a look. So it's kind of a combination of where am I currently, but then to your point about journaling, if you have this type of kind of habit stacking, if you will, where I'm doing this on an ongoing basis and then I have a journaling at the end of the week or an observation reflection point at the end of the week, I can look back and see what was my trend on my emotional states and what was I doing at that time just to, to reflect and, and learn. Um, so this is great. Anything else in the self-awareness quadrant? Um, I guess just a concluding thought, right, is that um, self-awareness is, is something that um, is a, an invitation for, you know, every moment of your day. Um, and that's not to say that I am always <laughs> the most emotionally intelligent person or the most self-aware, um, but, you know, that, that invitation for kind of looking at yourself both um, while you're on the stage, right, actively doing something or having a conversation with somebody, um, but then also kind of from the, from the balcony, right? That's, that's that moment of self-awareness. And so an invitation to just try to do that um, with even a, a little greater frequency uh, in, in your day. So this wraps up episode number one. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, so episode number two, we'll talk about self-regulation, self-management as uh, the second stage in Goldman's emotional intelligence work. And uh, thank you, Josina. This has been fun. Yeah, likewise. Th- I'm, I'm feeling energized and excited. Where, yes. What food are you experiencing right now? I am, uh, I am feeling optimistic and energized, joyful, even a little, a little sprinkle of joy. A little sprinkle of joy. Yeah. The mood meter is too far away. I can't, I can't. But you know it. Normally, say I'm about an eight and an eight, and I would look at what that is, but I can't see what it. You you know it in your heart and your mind, though. That's right. That's right. I'm feeling it. Based on the amount of smiling I've been doing, I am noticing my cheeks are starting to hurt a little bit. So, (laughs) smiling and laughter is probably a a good sign. A good physiological cue. Yeah, totally.